Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by Vitamins. Take your damn vitamins. They're good for you. Before we get started, you can find us on facebook.com slash the goldcast, youtube.com slash the goldcast. You can talk to us at at the underscore goldcast on Twitter. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever wonderful podcasts are sold for free. You can find us all there. All right, folks. Game two is in the books. Warriors now up 2-0. We're going to talk about it. Everything we saw. Great game. Tonight was a fantastic game. Loved every second of it. It was close. And uh, we're going to talk about it. Let's get into it. Here we are. Your professor of fanalism is here. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay and your number one host for, you know, I had something and it literally just went out of my head. <laughs> I had the joke and it went right out of my head. That was bad. I'm going to leave that in though. We're not editing that out. Okay, here we go. I'm your host, Rudy Seuss III. Welcome to the Gold Cast. What a game. This was the Portland team I think we all expected. We expected C.G. McCollum to really get going. We knew him and Dame's shots were going to start landing. That defense came to play. And the thing that got me most nervous was that we were right there towards the end of the second quarter and Damian Lillard hits his first shot. His first shot of the night is a three-pointer and that puts him up by 12. They were up They were up by nine and Dame hadn't scored a single shot. He hadn't made a single bucket. And that's when I thought, oh, we're in trouble. And I felt I was looking at the Warriors, and you kind of started seeing that little bit of that warrior, that Warriors malaise. You know, you, you, when the, when it almost looks like you start sitting there, you, like you saw this during the Clippers series, right? You're looking at the Warriors, and you go, okay, is this what's going to happen? Are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna take the, the game off? Are we just gonna get back into the back seat? Because I felt like I felt like we ended that in the Clippers run, and I thought we really showed as uh, evidenced by my uh, my extremely emotional super rant uh, on Tuesday. That was uh, that was very therapeutic. I appreciate you guys joining me for that. I had a lot of fun. I thought we were done with that in the, after the Clippers series because uh, I did not see that in the in the Rockets series. And so I was I was sitting there going, okay, is this do do the Warriors feel like because they have a uh, a quote unquote weaker opponent? That they're uh, they're gonna just take the game off. Is what we're gonna do? We're gonna just get get our foot off the gas pedal because I can't stand when the Warriors do that. I've never of the three dynasties, I've never seen a team do that except the Warriors. I I don't know what that's about. And sometimes in like really crucial moments, like in playoff games, it doesn't make any sense to me. But I I was genuinely uh, genuinely worried. Because I actually didn't even realize, it didn't realize at that moment until they said, I was like, that's right. When they said Damian Lillard hadn't made a shot, I was like, that's right, he hasn't, has he? Wow. It, it didn't really occur to me until they said it. I was like, oh, no. And we're down by 12? And then that third quarter happened. That third quarter flurry, which we which hasn't been as consistent this year and hasn't been as consistent 
in this postseason. But it was back. It reared its ugly head. And within, within, I remember they went on a, they went on a 16-0 run in two and a half minutes. They dropped 16 points in two and a half minutes. That is crazy. That is so crazy. That run was bananas. My boy Pete, who comes on the show, he, he was here for a lot of the Warriors run last year. My, my boy Pete was at the game. I actually could see him on the screen the whole time. That was great. Had a big, had a, had got a big kick out of that. He was uh, about five or six rows up. Anyways, back to the game. I digress. The the that third quarter run came, and it just came with that ferocity, that ferociousness, that aggression. That just it just they have a way of just absolutely draining the life out of their opponents in that third quarter. I love when they go on these runs. It, it is so electric that third quarter. And they did and I was nervous cuz even even though so you you have the big you have this big run, right? But but Portland does a good job of of hanging in there. The 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 final third quarter uh, total points was 31 for the Warriors, 24 for Portland. So it was it they weathered the storm very well, and it was a tie game. So we got tie game going into the fourth, and then they're down by like eight going into the final three minutes. And I'm going, oh man, this is getting to crunch time here. This is getting tight, and we have some huge plays from Green and Steph, but the game ball, the play of the day, had to be. Andre Iguodala stealing the ball from Damian Lillard right there with about, you know, less than 10 seconds to go on the clock. That was the the play of the day. It was the defensive dagger that ended it because I don't know about you guys, but you know as well as I do, Damian Lillard's cold-blooded. He's going to make that shot. There is no question he's going to make that shot. That shot is going in. So if he doesn't strip that ball, it's going in. Now, and if he was lucky enough to draw the foul, now he has an opportunity to tie the game. So... We got really lucky. Steve Kerr said after the game that the Warriors stole one. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Uh, I'm going to say they didn't necessarily steal one. What they did do was play like the professionals that they are, like the veterans that they are, and they closed out a game, and they knew they knew what it was going to take, and they made it happen. And that's the thing that you're really seeing uh, last year and this year is just the experience of having all these playoff rounds, having all of these huge games, having their backs against the wall, having to climb out of deficits, having to fight and claw against the best of the best year in and year out. This team is at a level now where they just they just know what to do. And it's so it's so exciting as a fan to be able to watch that. It's so exciting to see that level of confidence coming out of our team. You know what I mean? Like this is you know we don't we're not seeing it with the giants right now uh the, the the 49ers are trying to you know trying to kickstart that engine but it's nice that we have one team in the bay we can see that happen again we also got a lot of quality minutes from the bench here's what's interesting when we were in the clippers series they were talking about how you know we basically can only play about you know seven guys you know we're we're, we're really down to a real tight crew and kevin durant going down has forced has forced the entire bench to, to step up, and guess what? They're doing it. Jordan Bell was fantastic today. He had 11 points. Kevin Looney, 14 points. Draymond Green, 16 points. Uh, obviously, Dr- Draymond Green's a starter, but we got we got quality looks from McKinney. 
Sean Livingston, Cook. I mean, the team, the bench is really coming alive and we're really going to need them in the next round against Milwaukee because Milwaukee has a deep team. They have a deep bench. And these reps are, I think, crucial for really preparing this entire team. It was nice to see Boogie and KD also in the in the hallways there, high fiving all the team as they as they came back. That was great to see. Uh, it was I, I cannot wait for KD to get back in the lineup, but at the same time, it's crucial that he rests for as long as possible. And in fact, I'm hoping that the Milwaukee series goes as long as possible. I'm hoping that series goes to seven, and I'm I'm hoping they go to seven. And I hope this this is done in four or five at the most. That's what I'm hoping because I want the Warriors to rest. I want KD to rest because come May 30th, we need all hands on deck. Giannis and, and the Milwaukee Bucks, they're a real good team. They're a strong team. They're a confident team. And uh, they're going to be ready. I'm still not that afraid of them. I just think there's too many superstars and there's too much experience on the Warriors side. Someone told me, that's a Lakers fan, I could do a whole gold cast on just Lakers fans. They've been driving me insane for the last year. Just insane. You know what I like to tell Lakers fans now? This is what I like to tell Lakers fans. They always give me, give, every time the Warriors lose a game or something, they give me a hard time. Or when KD went down, give me a hard time. I said, hey, what are the Lakers doing th- this this summer? Uh, they're making Space Jam 2, right? Space Jam 2? That's what they're doing? Right? Space Jam 2? That's what, that's, what, that's what LeBron's doing, right? That really pisses them off. You get Lakers fan, let them know that really drives them crazy. It's a little bit of a, it's a little, a uh, little, uh, a little dig. I'll give you that one for free. So we're going to need all hands on deck, but I'm really not that afraid. I think there's too many superstars. There's too much experience, and I don't think Milwaukee has what it takes. But at the same time, this is they have been the best team in the league all year. They have done excellent work over there in the Eastern Conference, and I think it will it will definitely be one of the toughest teams we've ever had to face in the finals i'm not exactly sure where this team would rank against some of lebron's teams i don't really know i don't follow the east close enough to be able to get that answer i i i really don't know i might have to i have to go talk to some of my my basketball guru guys and see where they think this milwaukee bucks team ranks against the lebron james cavalier teams but we're going to need this whole bench and we're going to need all hands on deck and i think the longer kd rests the better they can literally go for the rest of this this run, this they can go through Portland without KD. It'll be fine. We need them for the finals. That's that's the only time we need them. But I'm excited. This is this was a great win. This is again one of those wins where the Warriors show the level of experience necessary to grind out and pull these wins off. They know what it takes. They know how to turn it on. They know exactly what to do to close this out. And it's just the reps, the reps that they've gotten since 2015. It's undeniable how important and how how much of an advantage it has given the Warriors that, and they're just the baddest team in basketball. Man, they are incredible to watch. I really, really enjoy them. The defense for Portland was tough. Man, they were tough. Man, they kept trying to, you know, Draymond kept going for that pick and roll, and then what would Portland do? They just kept double-teaming Steph, double-teaming Clay, just suffocating them at the line, not giving them easy looks, forcing them to make hard shots, forcing them to take long shots, forcing them to take shots from odd angles. And it really looked, you know, the Portland Blazers, Trail Blazers, I have to tip my hat off to them. They came to play. They played at the exact level that I expected them to. They should have, or they could have. I'm not going to say they should have. They could have won that game. Had a couple had a couple shots gone their way, and a couple defensive plays, 
And like we said, Iguodala really, really stole any opportunity of tying that game and maybe going into overtime. But that was a great, it was a great series. And I got to tip my hat off to the Portland Trail Brothers. I was watching CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard in the press conference afterwards. And, you know, like this is the difference between like Houston and Portland, right? Houston just whining and complaining that, you know, that their manipulation of the rules wasn't being adhered to, you know, which is that's how I interpret that because that's exactly what you're doing. I'm, I'm not calling them cheaters. I'm just saying they're 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 manipulating the rules with their fouls and their kickouts and all that, you know, landing landing in front all the way they're doing all that stuff. It, it drives me nuts. It's it's I've already talked about this. It's horrible to see. It, it's really it really drives me nuts to watch basketball like that. So to see them complain and bitch and whine after that first game, I was like, just shut up and hoop. Like, shut up and hoop. Come on, dude. Like, get over it. And the thing I really respect about the Portland Trail Blazers and Damian Lillard in particular is that they're just class acts. Like, I don't I don't hate Portland. I like respect them. And, you know, he he didn't he he talked about that last play. He said, you know, he felt like um, Iguodala got his hands on him. He felt like he was foul, but at the same time, he understands that you know they're not going to call, they're not going to call a foul um, at that time of the game with that with that many you know with those seconds left. They're not going to they're not going to make that call right there. And he felt he was foul, but at the same time, you know it is what it is. And uh, you know he tipped his hat off to Andre Iguodala, and just it was just a class. I I just think that's a real classy organization. They're a really good team. They're a very competitive team. A team capable. Uh, at least this current version, you know, if if the Warriors weren't here, arguably capable of, of getting to the finals. I mean, that's a really good team there. It's a very good team. So uh, all respect to the Portland Trail Blazers class act. And even in defeat, they show a level of class that, you know, you never see out of a team like Houston, which I can't stand. And we've already, that's well documented on the gold cast. But moving on, we have some listener comments. Oh, yeah. So this one, this one, this first one comes from Stephen Saunders, and this is in response to the uh, the questions that we had posted a week ago, where I said, uh, "Do you believe there really is friction between Shanahan and Lynch? Would you want the 49ers to be on hard knocks, or do you think it would be too distracting?" So Stephen Saunders said, "No, hard knocks." Three, yeah, there might be a little tension, at least with some of the staff scouts, because Hurd and Wyshynowski felt like reaches. Did they really believe they couldn't get these guys around later? I'm glad they got those guys, but feels bulky-esque. It did feel bulky-esque, Stephen Saunders. And we talked about that on the draft episode that we had two weeks ago, where I said that I thought this was the strangest draft the 49ers had, and it was really kind of hard to see the through line uh, from the third round on bulky-esque just a little bit uh our boy john niner always coming in he goes i think they have friction for winning and have a winning season and and having a winning season a lot of pressure on them for this upcoming season Uh, i would say friction friction because they want to they want to win john niner i'm I'm, but you know and i think you would agree with me on this i i i think uh friction for winning but not not in a way where these two guys don't want to work with each other it's not bulky harbaugh you know what I mean? So I, I agree with you, and I think you agree with me on that as well. And if not, tell me in the comments. I know you will. John Enner also said, hell no to Hard Knocks. It, it, just like that. Hell no. Uh, then let's go a couple, couple other ones I want to get to right now. Let's see. Let me pull these suckers up. 
Our boy Jabari Owens said, I'm looking forward to seeing the camp battles this year. There are going to be cutouts at the wideout spots. Goodwin might not make it. Also, I'm glad the 49ers picked up another linebacker too. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. 100%. Goodwin not making it. You know, he has flashes. He has a lot of flashes of brilliance. But he's very streaky. He's very mercurial, and I, I wouldn't be surprised either. I like Goodwin. Uh, I also, we've never had that many weapons around good around the 49er offense, which I think has also led to some of some of Goodwin's streakiness. I think is a direct result of teams zeroing in on him and the 49ers not having a lot of weapons to go to outside of him and him and Kittle. So I think I I, I would be curious to see how Goodwin will play. With these, with these additional wideouts, and then of course the second year uh, with uh, with our boy Pettis. So I'm I'm curious, Jabari. We'll we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see what uh, we'll see what this brings. I'm very curious. And then uh, oh, John Niner had a couple more things. He said you're shocked the Warriors won Game Six. I actually picked the Warriors to win Game Six as well. I also picked the Warriors this series four and one. He says four and one against Portland. It might go four. I'm I'm not sure. I'd say Warriors in five. That's probably that's probably the closest uh, the closest uh, we're gonna get to. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this ends in four. For real, I would not be surprised at all. But I got a question for you guys. This is a good one too. This is a real good one. I think I I, I might have posted this on the last one, but I want to I want to talk about it on the gold cast specifically i want to know where does this warriors dynasty rank for the gold cast okay so we have three dynasties here right we've got the 49er dynasty five super bowl rings you know joe montana what does he have he has the perfect stat what's the perfect stat you should all know by now it's joe montana's perfect stat four super bowl rings three mvps 11 touchdown passes, zero interceptions, zero losses. The perfect stat. Joe Montana, the owner of the perfect stat. And what's even cooler, Steve Young continued that. He also had zero interceptions. Uh, what was it five touchdown passes, six touch, six six, six, six touchdowns in against San Diego? I don't even remember. It's it's some record. But that that. Is it that series? Is that the most glorious dynasty? Or we have the second dynasty. The second dynasty was earlier this decade. The Giants dynasty. Three World Series rings in five years. Giants in that epic, epic 2014 run. That one was so epic. Facing elimination twice. The Royals dragged them to game seven. Madison Bumcarner with like a .94 ERA. It was something insane like that. He basically takes that whole series and puts the entire team on his back against Kansas City Royals. My friend, my dear friend, William Weston, he owns the uh, the Royale down there, right there on, uh, it's not Leavenworth and Beach. It, it's not, no, not definitely not Leavenworth and Beach. That's the parlor. Or Fort Warner, so I think it's called. No, it's on Leavenworth and, oh, he's going to kill me. Not Fell? Fell? Maybe fell? I don't know. The Royal. The Royal. You guys know where it is. He is a diehard Kansas City Royals fan. In fact, one year he rode a bicycle 
from San Francisco to Kansas City. And they told him that if he actually did that, if he, if they, he mailed a letter and let them know that he was going to do it. And they said, if you actually do this, we'll put, give you, we'll give you uh, the best seats in the house right behind home plate. And you can, and we'll put you on the Jumbotron. And they really did. In fact, Royals players went to the bar during the world, that World Series. But he told me he went to Kansas. He was there at game seven. And he said, when Madison Bumgarner walked out onto the field, in the third inning, a hush went over the crowd. He said the entire stadium just got silent. And he said it, it, that just Madison Bumgarner walking out was enough to completely deflate the team. And they said, he said he knew they were going to lose right there. That is badass. That's one of the most badass stories I've ever heard. Incredible. Just incredible. We we start with that wild card game against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Kansas City uh, has to play Oakland on the other side. Both low, basically the lowest seeds in the post, and both these teams go all the way up and get to the World Series. Then we had to go through the Washington Nationals again, and then we had to, had to face the St. Louis Cardinals again, take them out, and then that seven game series us against the Kansas City Royals. I'll tell you my story. I was here in LA. I run out, run out my house and I scream. My neighbor is a Kansas City Royals fan. He comes out, he shakes my hand. He goes, man, that was a great series. That was a great game. He said, I got to tip your hat off to your team. They earned it. I said, thank you. That was great. I didn't know what to do. I'm here in LA. You know, I'm in the belly of the beast. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go to this bar that's right down the street from me called uh, i think it's called happy endings i went over there i sit down and next to me is this girl all decked out in royals gear (laughs) and i'm all decked out in giants gear (laughs) and she leans over it was this is this is was so corny she leans over and she's like don't worry i forgive you and i was like in my mind i'm like well i'm not worried and I don't know what I did, so <laughs> I don't need your apology <laughs> uh, or whatever you call it, your forgiveness. I said to her, I said, look, I said, you, you, it's been 25 years since you guys won a World Series. It was 50 for us, okay? I said, so you're going to have your time. Don't worry. It'll, it'll, it'll get here eventually. You're a good team. And they won the next year. They won a big tear, and they won the whole thing the next year, and great for Kansas City. I've got no qualms against them. But that was the epic run for the Giants. That was that dynasty. And now we have the Warriors dynasty. So the question I want to know, the the question I'm posing to you guys, what is your most favorite dynasty? And I feel like I already know what everyone's going to say. But I just want to hear the, you definitely, you know, you definitely, the Warriors, the war, this Warriors team and the 49ers team, you definitely, definitely are looking at two historical teams two teams that will go down in the hit that will go down in the history books as two of the greatest teams that have ever played in their uh, respective sports no question unequivocally this is one of the greatest warriors teams of all times and those 49er squads from 80 to 95 are considered to be some of the best of all time obviously the the, the niners one was a lot longer the Giants one was the shortest, Warriors being in the middle, but 
you know, in in the difference, the difference though there though too is that in basketball, because there's so few players, you have the opportunity to really kind of lock in and go to multiple champions in a ro- championships in a row. 49ers came really close in 1990, lost in heartbreaking fashion to the New York Giants. We missed the field goal. Had we, got, had we made the field goal, we would have gone to our third Super Bowl in a row. And I believe, I believe everyone believes we would have, we would have won that game. We would have won the Super Bowl. We would have gone three in a row, been the first. But oh well, if is a word that doesn't mean much. So, uh, so there's my question of the three dynasties, which is your favorite obviously you know you've got length in term for the for the 49ers one one of the best teams ever assembled maybe maybe the best team i mean there were some players that moved in and out but you had the consistency of joe montana jerry rice in a lot and jerry rice for a lot of them you know jerry rice wasn't there in the beginning but he was there in the end bill walsh uh, George Seifert, you do have a lot of consistency. You have this Warriors team that really is knocking on the door of of the Bulls, is not of, of the '90s Bulls, '70s Celtics. You know, this is they're really knocking on those doors right now, and have I mean to go five in a row and win four of them. I've been saying this for a while. We LeBron, we everyone thought we were in the LeBron era, but we really weren't. LeBron was just the gateway to the Warriors era. This is our era. This is not the. This isn't the LeBron era. His era actually was ended because it wasn't bigger or better than the Warriors era. That's where you are, son. Living it, soak it up. Feels good, huh? Anyways, what is the best dynasty? I want to hear. Give me your. Let me know in the comments. Tell me what you think is the best dynasty, and we're gonna talk about it on the next Goldcast. All right, you can find me on Instagram at. Rudy Solis 3. You can find me on Twitter at Rudy Solis 3RD. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. And I had a joke right here at the beginning of the episode, and I don't remember it, and I still don't remember it. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. Let's go. This is, this is the Gold Cast.